This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Let's discuss Wickham, if we must. As the banner says, woeful at Wickham. Um, let's quickly get the team sheet up, which was um, Grimshaw, Paddington, Casey, Husband, Hamilton, Morgan, Norburn, Weir, Connolly, Beasley and Rose. Now, we're, gonna, we're not going to cover this game in any depth. Um, Can I take the response of the team? And just put it in context because right. I've got I've got a reasonable anecdote about this. So um, I missed the game on Saturday because I was visiting someone in hospital. So I kind of uh, the visiting hours were three till four. So what I thought I'd do was I would avoid all football because it was a bit chaotic last weekend. So I'll avoid all football. I'll go and do the hospital visit, and then I'll come home, and my head was a bit all over place anyway so I'll kind of just complete I won't even watch match of the day or anything and then I'll get up Sunday morning and I'll watch the re-run of the game so on the way into the um, I was like the likely lads this well it, well, it was it was, I was like thinking that, that. that was like a that. certain vintage on the way into the hospital I thought you know as you do because you're addicted I thought well I'll just I'll just see what the team is and I just looked at it and went oh fucking hell Critch like <laughs> And that was then. That was my thought. That was like in my head for the next sixteen hours or whatever it was until I actually watched the game and found out the result. That's basically my contribution to the match analysis. The game itself, then, Tim. The first goal, Sam Vokes. So we all know about him from his Burnley days. Ball into the box, not dealt with. Header. And... There was a lot came in from that right there, right hand side. Did it all? De- all the other goal. Watch it back. What goal as well? Yeah, I watched the. Um... The edited highlights back, both both goals in fact um, uh, come from come from deep crosses. So yeah, so um, yeah, the the to be fair to Grimmy, he made a he made a great save, didn't he, from the original header? Um, but unfortunately, it comes straight back into his his into Vokes' path, and and he bundles it back over the line. But it was incredibly incredible reaction save. Um, but it, I did find it worrying when I watched. Um, I, I did watch the game on on, on by foul means on on Saturday, and um, uh, I fell asleep. It was in that first half. That was how how interested it was. Um, uh, after my uh, after having too much fresh air on the promenade earlier on in the day, um, so um, yeah, it, it it was uh, we, it was we, to me. I was incredibly frustrated because. 
after the euphoria of 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 Wigan where we'd actually seemed to have Listen, we weren't brilliant, but we seem to have turned a corner a bit. And listen, we're all on them. And we're incredibly positive. The approach to the game, Tim, against Wigan, it was a different approach to the game. It was massively, us- uh, yeah, massively different approach. And and we seem to have gone back to this, which which has been a feature, I think, of all the away games, um, of of this of, of this uh, obsession with holding possession at any cost, but, but without really having any penetration or without having any. Um, seemingly any real game plan. So I think I had a quick look on the BBC site before the game, and uh, sorry, before the game, before the, before the pod, and um, we had, uh, I think it was 65% or 64% possession to their 36. But it was all, it was just like Wigan's possession against us. It was like, you know, if, you, if you'd said to me at half time, Wigan have had thick end of 70% possession, and I said, nonsense, we were the better team. And 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 Wickham were by far the better team in the first half. I mean, it, it, we could actually we could at one stage I think have been about three or four nil down um, because there was a couple of crosses came across where literally if they just got foot in, it was a goal because you know they went right across um, right across the, our centre backs with with with. Uh, but the fact the problem for me was the fact these crosses kept coming in and nobody seemed to be doing anything about um, stopping it. There was the lad. Um, and the black lad who's on the right, I, forgot, I can't remember his name. Now. The lad with his short dreads, he was really good. He had a lot on toast, didn't he? He yeah. really did. He just think... struck me as the player we don't have, that you give the ball to, got a bit of magic, got a bit of trickery, direct, wants to attack, and has a quality delivery. I mean, who's that for us? Yeah. And uh, we were a bit lucky, I think, um, uh, with... Uh, Jordan Rhodes scored a header, didn't he, in the first half, which um, was given offside. I think I've not seen I've not seen the angles back, which suggests that he was onside. But I, I know um, quite a few people have suggested that that they think he if was. You, Tim, if you listen to Neil Pritch's post-match interview, he was scathing about that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think they've got a better view down there from the touchline. Yeah, yeah. He was saying he said he was definitely onside. He said there's no way it was offside. I, I must admit, from the angles I saw it at, he looks like he's on side. Yeah. But obviously, I'm not. I'm not in line. So, and 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 actually, probably, if 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 I'm going to pick a a nugget of positivity out of this um, this sea of um, despair that we're in after losing away yet again, um, it is probably Rhodes' performance. Because if you if you focus on how he doesn't end up on the score sheet, um, could have had a pen as well. Second half, yeah, he, he had the penalty. He had um, uh, there was another shot. What was the other shot? Oh, he had the, the other shot cross. went, which was which was fantastically saved. Yeah, so cross, wasn't it? could have yeah. had a hat trick on another day. Yeah, he's had three quality efforts in in what was and it, to use your expression on Saturday night that you threw in insipid performance because it was it was it was it was poor. I think we did get better after we made the subs. To be fair. I think we seem to take the game to a little bit more. We got and... better after we were two 0 down, Tim, which is two. Yeah, but the problem, yeah, and the, the problem is they're then they're then conserving what they've got, aren't they? So where they might have, you know, if it'd been level, they might have been going for the win. They were thinking, right, we've got to, you know, we're we're two 0 to the good. We'll shut maybe shut up shop a bit. So maybe we have got a little bit more license to come forward. I mean, Carey had a decent shot to be fair as well um, uh, when he came on, but. Overall, you know, and the big problem is we're still trying to put these 
square pegs into round holes. You know, this obsession, this with playing CJ on the right, um, is is it's really starting to irritate me now. Um and this and and this Connolly on the on the left wing. Although I have to say, Connolly did put some half decent crosses in from well, the left hand side of the first half. Can I just jump in there with a Callum Connolly based stat? Here we go. Connolly might have put Connolly might have put some nice balls across, but Connolly, as yet this season, hasn't yet achieved what what would be classed by the stats people as a successful cross which is an interesting fact. Connolly has achieved in four games one successful dribble. So this is a wing-back who hasn't yet had a successful cross, which presumably is defined as a ball that's actually met by somebody. I don't know how it's actually defined. Um, his, now, this, this, is, this is really classic Sean McGinley stuff. His XA, so his expected rate of assists per game, is 0.08. So our right wing back is on target for one assist every 12 and a half games. One dribble in four games and no accurate crosses, which I'm not using that to slate Callum Connolly because actually Callum Connolly is a wholehearted and worthwhile player and always do his best. I've no desire to run Callum Connolly down. I'm using it to suggest that it's a bit of a problem when your formation relies on wing-backs um, for their creativity and one of them isn't providing any creativity. And linked to that, we have the lowest percentage of efforts on goal from the left-hand side of the pitch of anybody in the division, which also suggests, as the point of a wing-back-based formation, is your wing-backs get up the pitch and if you're inverting them, they're presumably supposed to cut inside and have shots because why else would you invert them? What would be the possible other reason for that inversion if it wasn't for the wing-backs to have shots? But we've got the the worst record of shots from the left-hand side of the pitch because Callum Connolly is not a left wing-back in anybody's money. He will still have a hat-trick on Saturday now. I've said that. But... Yeah, and how and how does... And listen, and CJ, he's one in 10 decent game against Wigan, but... You know, one game doesn't doesn't justify persisting with this with this with this system, does it? Because how many times do you actually see CJ cut inside on on onto his left foot? You hardly ever. He always goes. He always goes right. He always goes right, and then he's on his weaker foot, and you're going to get a weaker cross out of him than if he's on the left. I don't get it. I, I literally because if if you're going to play, if you're committed to playing CJ, to I can't. I've seen statistically, and I've not got the statistics to prove it. But my perception is he's always, on on average, given a better performance when he's played on the left because he's in his more natural position. He's more. He's, he's a bigger threat. Now that's not to say he can't ever do a job on the right. He showed against Wigan that he can. But would you like some stats for CJ? I'm. Oh, go on. Start it. Okay, well, CJ, I, I've looked at some of our players where they fit in the division, so against other players, and CJ has the 49th best record for successful dribbles, which isn't particularly good, is it? The 49th best. Um, he's got the 30th best record in the division for accurate crosses, which, again, it's not really very spectacular when you consider Jimmy Osmond is ninth. So, you know, he's, he's putting less accurate crosses than a centre-back. And um, he's 32nd best for, for key passes, which is kind of, you know, bo- uh, passes that 
kind of influence and move in a particular way. Um, and he's not, his attacking stats are not horrific, but when the left, the player on the left is offering literally nothing in the way of attacking stats, and the player on the right's attacking stats are mediocre, it, it suggests why we're not scoring goals because that, that, that on the width, we, we have no, you know, we have no convincing, um, quality in those positions or or we're we're making the players worse they need to be by inverting them and and i i have racked my brains in the last couple of days to try and to try and see it from critchie's point of view and i genuinely don't understand what is supposed to happen by playing those players there i don't i don't get what happens if it works you know if you send if you send that formation out against what is it in that's in critchie's head that he thinks is going to happen I'd love to ask him. I'd genuinely love to say, Neil, what are you trying to achieve by doing this and have him explain to me and me? And I don't mean that in a snide way. I, I genuinely, I'm, I don't get it. Well, the thing is, I don't say just to stick to. I'd ask him, why did you feel the need to tinker back to a shit system that didn't work when you'd cracked it again? Well, not cracked it, but you'd overcome it against Wigan I, I, I'd like to ask him that why are you averting back to this crap system Tim what would you well, like to say to Neil Critchley well I'd like to room? say you're, too, you're far too stubborn in your systems and it's about time that you started listening to someone who knows something about play playing in the football league over an extended period of time because when he has done that and he clearly has done that um, both with McCall and with Calderwood, um, he's made the changes to his system that have made his system work. And I think the problem we've got at the moment. Listen, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. Nobody knows what goes on in their boot room. But the from outside, picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Looking in, it looks like he has two nodded dogs who are just agreeing with him. And what he actually needs is somebody who he who he would respect, who's played, say, Neil, that ain't going to work. But on, this, on, on this, Tim, when Michael Appleton was public enemy number one, nobody on earth said, oh, let's give Michael Appleton time and go and get him another assistant. When Larry was here, nobody on earth said, oh, the problem is Larry's not got the right assistant. Let's go and get him an assistant. And I, I said this last time. He it was within Critchie's gift, I presume, when he was appointed to to choose his backroom staff. I can't imagine Sadler went. I'm only having you back here if you bring Mike Garrity and Ian Brunskill with you. I presume he said, "I want you back, and I'd like to know who you want in your coaching team." 
And if he has chosen not to go that route, then we've got, we've got, you know, to go and get a McCall or a Calderwood will cost us a decent amount of money. You know, it will. Those those people won't just come and... Say, oh, Six-figure salaries, well. Yeah, they're not going to come and work for, you know, a club shop voucher and a stick of rock. And we, we've got, we've got, you know, we need a decent wing-back. When it comes to January, we need a decent wing-back in this squad. You know, we probably need other players as well. But, God, we need a decent wing-back in this squad. And it, it kind of grates with me that three years down the line from when we first took him on, we're back there talking about how we might need someone to hold his hand. Like, he's he's made this choice to have this team and presumably put thought into it. I don't know what we, you know, I don't know where we go from there with that. Andy, you're in a room to complete the series. You're in a room with Neil Critchley. What are you asking him? Um, <clears throat> how much has the damage been done from the two sackings that he's had in the last year, how much has that made him frightened to lose? We, we, we're we a club that has looked better when we've, when we've been a bit carefree, if you like, and, and, and just look at, look at the Holloway scenario. We, that wasn't carefree. That wasn't done without tactics. That was, but it was done with an intent to attack and get the fans on side, and and it carried it along in a wave of enthusiasm, time time again. It doesn't mean that some of the time we didn't sort of uh, um, think he's got that wrong, he's got that wrong, or he's got his tactics wrong. Of course, we were critical and things like that, but but it was done with a um an emphasis on entertainment and attack and like now gen- generally generally a lot of us sit at games feeling bored and um and no willingness to travel a hundred mile there and hundred mile back or, or more for an away game. There's not enthusiasm now. And and somehow we have to get that back because then that's where we were uh, controlling. I want him to understand that. I did, I'd want him to understand that and understand that when we're playing the ball lethargically, I'd ask him, "Where's the pace being injected? Where's the pace? Where's the killer balls? Where's who's who's playing those? Because I don't see anyone doing that." We've scored a last-minute winner to beat Wigan and the owner thinks that that's all sweetness and light now. Well, it's not, is it? So There was no press on Saturday where, and, and this is what, when, the, when those balls were coming in on the right, we were standing off them all the time. And we had players there. We had, we had plenty of um, bodies in the right areas, but we didn't seem to get anywhere near the ball. We, we you know... You shouldn't be letting people just have free crosses into your box. You know, listen, you're never going to stop them all. But it was just, it was like one-way traffic in that first half. And listen, you know, I'm not belittling Wick, uh, Wickham, but Wickham are, Wickham, aren't they? They're not. They're, they're you know, a functional they're, football team. Exactly. You know, they're not, they're not, they are going to be at the top of the league at the end of the season. They're going to be nowhere near. They're going to be mid-table at best. Um, and um, they, they made us look very poor in that first half. Um and it, and it is it's it's so frustrating because 
you know, I still look around that squad and think if the if they've played in the right positions and and they've got the right mindset, I predict us to win the league at the beginning of the season, and and I'm looking like an idiot. And but the rea- but the reality is that with the squad we've got, we should be there or thereabouts. At the moment, we've got the likes of Exeter and Port Vale. Um, uh, listen, it's early days still, but near the top, along with Portsmouth and whatever, and and and. You know they they aren't great sides, you know, but the 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 winning games and the winning games because they're not making stupid mistakes, um, and and they're putting the ball away and they're creating chances and we don't create anything like the number of chances we need to. In some respects, of Wigan, we got away with it a bit, but at least we showed we showed an intent and and and, uh, and a desire in that game. And and listen, and the fans and they got straight behind the fan team, didn't they? Straight behind it because they could see what we were trying to do, where there actually seemed to be a pattern, and then we, we seemed to have abandoned it again and gone back to this, this, this completely woeful approach to away games, which is to, again to worry more about the opposition. Why are we worrying more about Wickham and well, Exeter and Lincoln than they should be worrying about us? It doesn't make any sense. I hesitate to offer too much analysis from a game I only saw the highlights of, but, but from the highlights, it, it, it looked, and you can tell me this is accurate or not, it looked as if we set up to play soak it up and break football, but we didn't really, we forgot to kind of soak the pressure up and we didn't really break. And and my overriding impression from the highlights was watching it, thinking we've got loads of players back, and like you say, they just kind of, quite a few of their players ran out and then passed it through us and made chances. And it, it was it was flimsy. But I can offer some optimism, if you like, on a numerical basis. Because, Tim, you said we make... Stats. Well, We're only seven games in. There's we are. To go. We are. There's plenty of time. There's time. But this this is quite an interesting one. Because, Tim, you say we don't, we, did, we don't make anywhere near enough chances. Is this a stat attack banner, Mitch? Do I need to change it to me? You can do if you like. You can do if you like. Um, we've actually had the 12th most shots in the league. 14th most on target. So that's not great, is it? 14th, well, 14th in the league. Right? That shows we yeah. are where we are. No, But what's kind of quite interesting is we've conceded the least amount of shots in the division. Now, if you look at our XG, we have got the second biggest difference between the XG scores and the actual outcomes of the game. So are you saying we're unlucky? I'm, well, I'm saying those are the stats. Some of the numbers it's up, people. it's up to people. I don't claim to be one of those people, like people like Sean McGinley, that can read these stats like, like you know, kind of tease. There's a run coming. There's a run coming. How is him saying that? <laughs> All I can do is give you the numbers, but the numbers do suggest that we are... There's a run coming. The, the numbers suggest that we're defensively stronger than the number of goals we've conceded would suggest. That actually... Critchley has stopped the shots against us and we conceded a hell of a lot of shots last season. We were leaky as hell last year. We conceded a lot of goals, but we conceded a hell of a lot of chances. We're conceding a lot less chances, but we... And it it, it basically suggests that the overall picture is like Critchley Mark 1, where we'll be quite tight but we'll never create that many chances. This comes back to Rhodes could have had a hat-trick, couldn't he? Rhodes could now, have had a hat-trick. On Jordan Rhodes, Tim, Jordan Rhodes is the 
player in League One who has the had the highest number of shots per game. He has the highest ratio of shots per game of any player in the division, and he has the highest XG of any player in the division. If he carries on playing the way that he is, he's on course to score a goal every point not nine seven games. The basically goal every game. So I'm trying the Steve Bull, the Steve Bull of Blackpool. Yeah. I'm trying, and I genuinely I go back to what I said before and I pose the question. I am baffled when I watch this as a as a naive supporter to understand what Critchley's trying to do. And I've tried to use these numbers to try and get my head round what is he actually trying to do? Because I can't see it as a supporter. Because it's as Andy said, it's been crap, it's been boring, it's looked lethargic, etc. That's what it's looked like to me. There's some things within those numbers that make you think, well, yeah, I can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to be tight. He's got a predator up front. We are getting the ball to that predator. That predator is having shots. They're having a lot of shots compared to the average. Um, I'll like stop. That I like that predator. Go on. So, well, I'm just going to say Beasley's coming for a lot of stick, hasn't he? So I thought I'd have a look at Beasley's numbers and see if actually it's fair or unfair. So what I did was I compared him to um, a striker who used to play for us, who did a similar role to Binsley, who isn't very good at driving cars. <laughs> well, I don't know whether he should be laughing, but yes, that one, our number fourteen, um, and Beasley, his XG and XA, so the expected goals and the expected assists, basically the, the 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 quality of chances and shots he has and the quality of chances he creates for other people is 0.08 and 0.09 respectively, which means he's on target to score about one every 12 and to assist about one every 11 games. And it's half of, it's half of Gary Medine, basically. So he's half as effective as Gary Medine. Which that's probably about right, then, isn't it? Yeah, you know, exactly. Just, just visually looking at yeah the game, it does, and, it, yeah. and, and it does suggest that maybe Beasley isn't having the impact that you would hope. But Beasley's got that. Beasley's half of Gary Medine. Beasley's in League One, and Medine's in Championship. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I use and, Gary, and, yeah, and so 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 we we've lessened we've lessened the teams that we're playing against. I mean, last year we were leaky. But we played against some very good sides last year. I mean, let's be fair. Like, the quality of the team's not been great that we played this season. Right? I mean, to go away and not score. Come on. We've only, and it, we've only scored in two games. Did I read that? Just right in the day. Yeah, we have only scored two. Yeah. The only team that scored, has scored less than us, sort of scored per game less than us, if you like, um, or had more blank games than us is uh, Cheltenham, who were having an absolute nightmare. I don't think they've actually scored yet. We've we've five, seven games, five, five blanks. Um, it feels like, this way it absolutely feels like, Cheltenham are having a mare, and if we play Cheltenham tomorrow or Saturday, <laughs> three like, Cheltenham. Cr- Critchley, come on Radio Lanks and say, Oh, there, there. He'd see all the positives of Cheltenham, but like, not. We, we've got to set up to go and batter these and and ruin their confidence. Like in the first ten minutes, you know, that's that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I, I want to say, right, they're having a bad time. Like, hurt them straight away. Get at them. 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.